myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot see Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters. It is the start of a new week. The Monday Club's open and it's me and Joe Walker taking you through till 7 o'clock. How are you, Joe? Evening, my friend. I'm well, you? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. And uh, V-A-R, the three letters uh, which uh, have dominated the weekend, uh, spoiled our weekend, certainly, because we could have had an extra two points in the bag. Um, spoiled our week, if you consider the fact that we had a perfectly good goal choked out against Liverpool as well. Um, your take on, on VAR, mate, what, what's your views? You've, you've had a bit of time to calm down like I have. What's your views on it? I um... I don't think frustrated covers it, Steve. Um, you know, and and in the in the essence of fairness, you know, this wasn't just an issue for Newcastle United. Yes, we've dropped points. You, you know, arguably we'd have gone on and won that game. I, I genuinely believe one goal. I think was always going to take it. Um, look at what happened at West Ham. Look what's happening week after week after week. Um, it's pathetic, Steve. It's absolutely pathetic. And and you know, before we come on to to, to our game. If I was to perform like that, as uh, you know, uh, as poorly as that in in the job, in or, or anybody performs that poorly, we'd be held to account, Steve. People would want answers. We'd have to justify our actions. We'd have to um, help people understand the, the decisions we did or didn't come to. Um, and I don't work in a multi-billion-pound kind of industry with the world watching and I can't understand how we've got these people who time and time again are making decisions based on something that they've seen um, you know and and that's it and and I don't have to come out and talk about it, I don't have to explain to you what I saw because what the world saw was a foul on Joe Willock. So even if we don't get the goal, Steve, even if there's interference with the goalkeeper, that means we don't get the goal. We get a penalty kick and arguably that guy gets a card, possibly red for, for, for stopping a clear goal scoring opportunity. I don't know where they're coming from. Um, I don't know the role of this kind of PGMOL, as they're called, you know, this game match officials limited. Um, you know, people were brought in to offer assurances that actually what those guys in the middle were doing um, was better regulated. Um, and all we're seeing, Steve, is just an absolute joke. And yes, from a Newcastle United perspective, I'm absolutely gutted. Look at West Ham, you know, Declan Rice going absolutely mad um, uh, again about a goalkeeper who, 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 to all intents and purposes, made a rick. He goes down as if he's been shot. The referee buys it. And arguably, you know, it costs West Ham points. So at the end of the season, when, you know, teams are either relegated, teams um, are losing a couple of million for the for the league positions, um, teams are done out of a European spot. I hope these people who are making the decisions are, are happy with themselves, mate, because um, for me, it's absolute incompetence. It's an absolute joke. The system's not getting used. Um, I said I wouldn't rant on, didn't I? The system <laughs> no, keep going. The, the, the system's not getting used, Steve, for what it's supposed to be used for. And clearly, all that happens is Michael Salisbury gets a message in his ear to say, I think you've made a mistake, you better go and have a look. And then we can legitimately, on the back of a VAR shout, you know, overrule the goal. That referee put his hand in the air, he gestured back to the centre circle, Newcastle are 1-0 up, great. Um, and then all of a sudden, hang on a minute, you better go and have a look. 
when you start to delve into the conspiracy theories, um, you know, you're you, you then led to believe that they didn't play all the angles. It was the same as the ESAC thing at, at Anfield. You know, we'll quickly show you that. Um, yeah, it looks like a clear foul on the goalkeeper. Bugger me, you see the other angle. And of course, there's a Nathaniel Klein, you know, has, 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 has not only endangered Joe Willock, but he's endangered his own goalkeeper because that was lethal what he did. That could have been extremely nasty. Um, so, yes, I'm, 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 I'm just exacerbated with it, Steve, really. And, and I don't know what the answer is. We've gone all over the world. You know, people like this Jared Gillette, who we've headhunted apparently from Australia to come over, you know, the next big thing. Absolutely woeful. Um, and, it, you know, at what point do you start to think, you know, this is ruining our game. It's absolutely ruining the game. Um, what they do about it, I don't know. People are saying, you know, bin VAR. I think, you know, I agree with what the pundits say. VAR is not the problem. It's the bloke who's operating it. That's the problem. Um, you know, so do we bring ex-players in? Do we... I don't know. Do, do, do we start to kind of really hold them to account and, and relegate them for it? You know, that guy on Saturday should be, he should be reffing the conference next week, or, you know, and for the next six weeks, because he's nowhere near the Premier League. Supposed to be the best league in the world. And yes, we've got the best players in the world. What's the point if you've got the worst referees? Yeah, ran over, I guess, but um, you made your point very eloquently. If you want to come on screen tonight, a lot of people that bumped in over the weekend seem to agree with Daniel Kane. You need to bring back Monday night rant. Love that. Um, you can come and join me and Joe on air, um, sixth or seventh. If you've got something to say about VAR or any anything else uh, regarding Newcastle United, feel free. The link is in the chat. Uh, you can join us on air tonight if you want to come on and make a point. Um I said I think everything I had to say yesterday about VAR, but yeah, it, it's been an absolute disgrace this uh, last couple of weeks for us. And, um, you know, that old adage of it'll balance out at the end of the season, it, it doesn't do you any good now. That's the problem. And, um, you know, it, it, it's destroying the game. And as you say, West Ham, um, you know, had a, a right to be aggrieved. Everton had a right to be aggrieved. Aston Villa had a right to be aggrieved over the weekend. And I guess yeah. because there wasn't just one major incident but four major incidents over the weekend that we can talk about in the Premier League then people are absolutely foaming and that's that's the bottom line isn't it that's the bottom line so you know it's it's spoiling the Premier League for, for everybody um, yeah. I am going to bring in Darren because he was one of the people I bumped into actually over the uh, over the weekend and says bring back the rant Darren <laughs> good evening mate hello Paul how's it going uh, how, how are you? I've, I've just recognised you as well from uh, Twitter. You were uh, bumped into Eddie Howe over the weekend. Uh, you I, didn't have a chat with VAR, did you? <laughs> yeah, funny if I mentioned it later. Like, we got robbed, funny enough. But he's, <laughs> an, he's a lovely fellow, to be fair, and he's been chatting with, with, with his kids and his family members, you know. You know he's a lovely lad. But it's, I couldn't believe the decision. Like, I was in the other end where it was. But when he got back to you on the, on, on the YouTube and all the channels, like, How's how's the officials are costing points? Do you know what I mean? Like we pay that's what that, that's their job. It's like me got the work not doing my job properly, that's, they're not doing their job. So absolutely. What would you do? I mean, Joe's already mentioned, you know, but you know, relegating referees, dropping people down a few levels. Um, you know, you could find them. Um with the VAR, you could bring in ex professionals. What what's the answer, Darren, for you? I I, I I don't mean you got to haven't got an answer because whatever whatever's going to happen, it's, it's, no one's going to be happy. What what, what they're going to do? Can you go, just go back the old way where just complain the referee got it wrong? Because like this way is not working because it's went from 
playing the referee to VR, you're playing VR mm. on, on the Saturday night or the next morning, mm. you see a vulgar run. So she just took away from the referee. The referees are so relying on VR. And soon as they soon as they say VAR, we all know in the stadium what's gonna happen. I think there's only been one referee this weekend who mm. stuck to, to their decision. If you're the referee has just well, I I'll go I'll go with you. And of course, the referee who changed his mind will never referee a Newcastle game because it's Michael Oliver, who's a Newcastle fan. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've got no chance of ever getting the, the ref who did just stick by his, his convictions. Do you think that's part of the problem, Darren? Do you think it's the, the fact that, you know, Newcastle's, uh, you know, and, and, and everybody, well, every team in the Premier League, uh, uh, you know, are, are relying on somebody who, you know, essentially isn't getting a chance to see all the angles. So, you know, that, that one angle that wasn't shown, um, to Salisbury uh, by Lee Mason at the weekend was, of course, the key angle where you could see that he was clearly pushed, Willock was clearly pushed in the back into the goalkeeper. So it was either a goal or it was a penalty. Um, even Dermot Gallagher, who I've got to be honest, I respect. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a he's a top-class referee back in the day. Um, he, he obviously does his assessment. He said he wouldn't have given a goal, he would have given a penalty, but at least we would have got something off it. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, is it just down to the fact that, you know, that do you think there's corrupt people in or are we just being a bit paranoid? I think you're right. I, I think the big six are corrupt. There's anything, it's like last Wednesday when they give that, they played eight minutes injury time, where they get the eight minutes from. And, and if you watch the, the, last, the last five minutes they got on Saturday, it, it, didn't, it didn't stop any of the time. And when their queue went down, they didn't waste any time. You played the official... Five minutes, like the airways about a minute, a minute injury time in injury time, and the extra minutes got paid. It's just strange that the big six gets everything towards them. Yeah, uh, Joe, you got anything to ask Darren or add to what Darren's saying? No, it's uh, it, it, it's just really interesting, Steve. And I think universally, um, I think what Darren's saying is absolutely spot on, and I don't think anyone will argue with it. I think fundamentally, what we're talking about is 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 what do we do about incompetence? And Darren's right. I mean, maybe there isn't an answer, but we have to do something. And 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 what were we doing in the days before? VAR, Darren, I mean, you know, we went to the match and like you say, we had stuff to talk about. The referee now doesn't have to make a decision. The other angle, the other the, the, the other person who was best placed to see that incident was the linesman. It was on that side. Mm-hmm. Linesman doesn't have to make a decision. Referee's not making a decision. So actually, what's the point in them being there? There's no responsibility whatsoever, you know? I'm not really sure. I don't know. I'll ring my mate. You know, it's like millionaire, isn't it? I'll I'll ring my mate and see if he knows the answer. And and that's what we're stuck with. Um, and and Darren's right. You know, as paying customers, which we all are, you know, that's that's severely affected our entertainment there uh, on the back of a bloke who who, who who has no accountability for it. So I'm 110 percent behind you, Darren. It was a joke, um, and unfortunately, I think we'll see more of it. Tom yeah. Lynch has got a suggestion for both um, for, for both of us on here and you, Darren. So we'll, we'll hear what Tom's got to say. If VAR is to be revamped, then firstly, offside needs to be the whole player daylight. Two, referee and the VAR official need to be mic'd up. Three, all angles automatically shown. And four, the clubs get to review uh, two reviews per game. Darren, what do you think of that? Agree with the making up, so we so like if anybody's like, especially if it's on live TV, at least some, at least the managers will 
be able to listen what's going on. At least they know the reason. Can they can then agree? Can they approach them? See, is that right? Something needs to be done because the way it's working, way it's going on the minute is not working. And every weekend we're talking about VAR and it's ruining the football. They're coming for a reason to stop all this nonsense. And it's getting worse every weekend. It's not, I kind of say you're getting better. It's, it's going to get worse and worse. Joe, what's your take on what Tom said? I've uh, stuck it back up on the screen there for you. Um, uh, you know, I, my, I, I agree with the, the you know, the offside we, we, rule does need to be clarified for me. Um, and I do yeah, agree with uh, Darren and Tom that we should have, you know, access to the, the microphone decision so we can hear exactly yeah. what they're saying. All angles automatically shown just should be, that should just be what happens. There should be a well, set set of angles should happen. And I like the idea of getting two reviews per game. So I like what Tom says. But Steve, you, you, you're fundamentally talking about, um, you know, without me being overly dramatic, you're almost withholding evidence. How on earth can we only show a referee an angle when it was the other angle that had told him everything he needed to know? Um I don't like people messing about with our game. Our game's been messed about with, you know, who'd have thought we'd have referees running around with foam spray in the pockets and stuff like that. So I understand the mic bit. I'm all for that because I really, really want to be able to say, you, you, you know, to, to understand why people make those decisions. So I, I get that point. The bit about reviews and stuff, I, I absolutely, I understand where Tom's coming from. I can see, but... We're talking about a game that's already stop start. You know, if we start reviewing things and putting appeals in, and uh, you know, I mean, we'll be there all night, won't we? Um, especially Newcastle. You know, we we'll need we'll use our two in the first ten minutes. So yeah, I'm all for the microphones offside. Absolutely. You know, how can you be off shirt offside by a, a, a you know your collar or a shadow or you know what I mean? It was really simple when I was growing up. You were either on or you were off. It was as simple as that. You know, no one was no one was kind of measuring people and what have you. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with some of it, but I think the reviews thing actually, you know, we'll end up like cricket. We'll be there all day. Any other points to make, Darren? No, that's it, mate. That's that's me running out of here. Brilliant, mate. Well, listen, I do listen to what people say when I'm out and about. Thanks for suggesting uh, getting people back on me. Great to have you on right. as the first caller as well. Right. Tell boys. Tell our boys. Cheers, Darren. Yeah, good to have Darren on. And uh, yeah, as I say, uh, if you've got any ideas for the show, I'm always all here. So uh, drop them back in. Uh, we did always intend to bring some kind of interaction back with people. And it's nice to have uh, Darren on as the first caller. If you want to join in, the link is in the chat. I'll post it in again now. Uh, if you've got a point to make about the uh, the weekend, uh, the weekend's game, then please do give us a shout and uh, we will get you on the screen with me and Joe. So getting to the football side of things, Joe, away from... VAR. Um, what was your take on on you know the performance of the team in general? Uh, I couldn't quite work it out, Steve. I, I think at times the 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 ground seemed a bit flat on at, at times. Um, we didn't have a great deal going forward. I mean, Alexander Isak went through, and you think, and here we go, Gallagher then son. You know, you put this away, and, and, and we'll start building your statue. Um, it was a team, it was a weak finish. Um, and as the game went on, you, you're starting to get the sense that it was going to be one of them games. And um, it reminded me very much of, of some of the games towards the end of Steve Bruce's tenure. You know, those things about um, this team's there to be beat. Uh, we should be beating them. 
but you always got that sense that at any minute they were going to break away and do us, and we'd we'd have all left devastated. Um, so taking out taking out the 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 the, the ridiculous uh, VAR decision, Steve. I just thought we were a little bit flat. There was pockets of good play, um, but you know we got to about the hour mark, and you're starting to think to yourself, we, we could be here for three days, and we're not going to score. Um, you know, Miggy doing that thing where he does everything brilliantly, other than score. You know, he rattled the post, and there was a couple of opportunities. Joe Willock just throwing himself at everything, <laughs> trying to get on the end of stuff. You know, Sven Botman, the goalkeeper, made a couple of good saves. But actually, in fairness to Crystal Palace, you know, so did Nick Pope. Nick Pope made at least two or three, um, two or three saves that actually, you know, kept us in the game. Um, and there was a save in the second half that was pretty much in line of, of of where we sit when he got down low to his right hand side. It was a tremendous save because it was a goal all day long. Um, so yeah, it, it just felt a little bit flat, Steve. And and I'm going to say something now that um, that might surprise a lot of people. I was talking to the old fella, you know, and one of the things we were on about was was kind of what do you do about Alan Sam Maximin? Because when he plays, you know, most of the time he's not delivering. But when he's missing, I tell you what, we absolutely noticed it. We absolutely noticed it. Um, you know, Fraser, they're not as dynamic, are they? The, you know, um, we didn't appear to have that out ball. It just felt like, Summit wasn't right. Um, and whether it's the fact that we've had a lot of games in a lot of days, you, you know, fair dues. You know, Palace have got a reasonable side as well. Um, but we certainly missed Gumares and, and you know, here I am admitting we absolutely missed Alan Sam Maximin. Um, you know, Callum Wilson's not there. There's a lot of pressure on Isak. But, you know, we didn't have a song ready for him. We didn't, I don't really remember people going absolutely nuts when his name was announced. You know, he got a decent cheer, but everything well, the, just... There is a song for Isaac, but it's, it's an ABBA song, but it's it's not the easiest song to learn. Right. Uh, gimme, gimme, right. gimme a striker named Isaac. Uh, first name, Alexander, and his surname's Isaac. That was the song that was sang at Liverpool on Wednesday night. I didn't hear it on Saturday, I'd, unless I missed it. Yeah, I mean, I, it was. I think it got one, a, a, like one little yeah. thing from the week, right. like from a corner, from the strawberry corner. But other right. than that, very, very little. It's a bit like the Botman song. It's it'll yeah. filter its way in from those away right. gears, which is like "Chase the Sun," the darts anthem, um, with think, Botman chucked in. I think you'd, uh, you know, it's a totally different conversation, Steve, isn't it? When he danced through, you know, and and. Uh, you know, the rest would have been history. And I think we'd have gone on, you know, and, and, and arguably grew into the game. But yeah, just it was just a funny, funny game. And, and you know, here we are yet again. And, and all we've been talking about is VAR and a crap refereeing decision. But actually, is that what we're relying on to, to, to beat Crystal Palace? So maybe it was just an off day. I, I don't want to make that goal as an excuse because technically, you know, arguably... We should have beat them. We should have been out of sight. So it's a strange one. It's another draw. Um, and at what point do we start to think how many draws can you have? You know, we can't draw every game from now to the end of the season. Otherwise, we'll go down. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of work to do. But let's get the players back. Let's get our first 11 out. Let, let's see the full lot of them. 
um, and then we'll be able to make sure kind of, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a better gauge of where we're at. Uh, won't be easy at West Ham next week. Um, God help whoever's on VAR, that's all I can say, uh, to make a decision about anything. I'd just turn the monitor off and forget it. Um, and then Bournemouth at home, and that's going to be a, a big, big game. They had a cracking result um, turning around a, a 2 0 deficit. So we'll see. Let's get the lads back. But yeah, I was just left kind of. Uh, just frustrated and numb, I think. I get what you're saying about the atmosphere. I mean, Norman Barton says, I thought the atmosphere was a little tense before kickoff compared to yeah. Forest and Man City. I mean, I guess it's because there is a lack of creativity. We all know that. We didn't get a centre mid, uh, we didn't get a centre midfielder or a winger in, you know, in that final part of the window for whatever reason. And ultimately, um, you know, we were going in with, you know, I'm like, a slightly weakened team. Crystal mm. Palace as well. I've got to say, I know Muggs. They did really well last season. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they'd go down last year. And Vieira, um, Patrick Vieira's come in yeah. and he's made them a hell of a unit. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you've got to take the positives out of the, out of the game like that because we would have lost that game last year. Uh, no doubt about it. We would have gone on to, to, to lose it and we would have had no points. So I'm happy. Uh, three clean sheets. That, you know, as well, tells you where, you know, our strength lies in this team. When we haven't got any creative midfielders, it's going to be very hard to break us down. And it wasn't, an, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a game where I wasn't entertained. There was, there was something, there was something in that game for everybody. And let, let's again, let's accentuate the positives because there was a young man came on as a substitute called Elliot Anderson, who we've talked about on the show before. Will yes. he stay? Will he go? Should he go out and loan? You know, the decision's been made. He's staying at Newcastle United. I tell you what, I'm over the moon. And the, the away fans on Wednesday night had a little song about the Jordi Maradona, which is what they call Elliot Anderson. Might heap a bit of pressure on him comparing him to him and he's on the field antics as opposed to he's off the field antics. But you know what? We've got a player there and um, we could develop him, uh, you know, half as good as Phil Foden's developed. And we're, you know, we're going to save ourselves a hell of a lot of money because he wanted the ball. He created things. Yeah. And, and for me... Um, I think you know we might see him start the game very, very soon. Might not be until Bournemouth at home, but I can see Elliot Anderson being in the starting lineup, and then it's up up to him to stay there. Absolutely, Steve, and 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 you know just to be clear, I, you know uh, what I'm talking about is being disappointed at the result in a game that I think we should have, we we should have, you know, could have and should have won. There was some great positives, you know. Before I get onto Anderson, Nick Pope, like I say, a couple of world class saves. Kieran Trippier absolutely had um, Wilfred Zaha in his pocket. I thought Trippier was outstanding. Um, you know, Sven Botman is only getting better and better and better. Um, you know, so it, it it wasn't all lost. And then, like I say, Anderson came on, Steve. And I think at that point, you know, we needed something. Um, you know, our usual substitutions of bringing Murphy on had happened. And, and, and you know, he just... Did his thing that he that he normally does without any great conviction or, or end result, and then Anderson came on and he was hungry. He wanted the ball. Um, I love the fact that he puts his foot in. It's not all just about skill and quality. You, you know, he, he looks like he's working hard. Um, you know, excellent vision. Uh, created a couple of chances. Uh, won us a couple of corner kicks. So. I think you're right, Steve. I think the future is very, very bright with him. Um, I, I uh, you know, I didn't make it a secret. I wondered if he'd go out on loan for another car, you know, a, a step up into the championship. But actually, what the lad's done is he's done exactly what Eddie Howe probably wanted him to do. Um, I'm giving you an opportunity. 
um, you know, and, and he's taken it, Steve. And I think you're right. I mean, arguably, you know, yes, Willock was industrious. Willock was kind of running around. Um, you know, it, was it to any great effect? Was Fraser a, a, a effective? Um, you know, like I say, poor Miggy done everything, but 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 get his name on the score sheet. Uh, it doesn't quite happen for him. So, uh, you know, and 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 Murphy on the bench isn't all that. So, uh, you know, th- there's certainly a place for him, Steve, and his stock will rise. I think it's at what point though? At what point do you just say? There you go, son. You know, I'd hate to think that all season all we do is give him a 10-minute cameo and hope for the best at the end of every game. Um, you know, he certainly looks good enough. The, the Premier League doesn't appear to be phasing him at all, so why not? And and you know what? At home to Bournemouth might be the ideal opportunity just to say, there you go, mate, there's the shirt. Um, you, you know, you, you, you're up front or, or wherever and... and Get on with it. Um, and I wonder about his position. I wonder what it'd be like if we're going to see Isaac and Wilson play together. Does that mean we're going to put somebody in behind in that classic kind of number 10 role? Um, is that a job for him? Um, so exciting times. And, and like you say, you know, if, 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 if it means we don't have to spend... 120 million on on uh, on James Madison and, and and Elliot in five years time is an England international and and you know with the world at his feet fantastic a lot of criticism I see coming in from various uh, people about different players you know Fraser people hammering Fraser people saying Miggy's so frustrating you know he has to cut in change feet um I would agree about Miggy I mean Miggy runs himself into the ground. Um, you know, and, and but yeah, you're right. He does have to cut in and, and change feet, and it can be frustrating. And as for Fraser, I, you know, it's all about opinions. I, you know, I I thought Fraser was, we, you know, we certainly had them on the back foot at times. Um, but you know, very very little service for Isaac from either flank. Um, so I can understand people's frustrations. But you know, Fraser Fraser and, and Almiron is where we are at the minute. And I'm afraid Jacob Murphy, who comes on off the bench. Um, hasn't had the best of weeks. Uh, no. You know, his performances have let him down. Um, you know, I, this is where we are at the moment. We've just got we to look, get on with it. We, we looked, Steve. I mean, I, I know there's a massive um, turnaround in the intensity of the training, obviously, you know, with, with house meth- methods, um, uh, you know, having the lads in every day, for example, the, you know, heaven forbid. But we actually, we looked really, really tired. Is that... Isaac looks off the pace, um, like you say, Miggy Almiron. I mean, he, he, you know, but he, he runs out of battery. Ryan Fraser looks pagged when he comes off. We take Sam Maximin off every week because he's always knackered. Um, so I, I'm not necessarily questioning our our fitness, and certainly not Eddie Howe's training methods, but. They they definitely had more legs than us towards the end of that football match. Absolutely. So, you know, maybe maybe something that we need to be mindful of. It's all right doing all this pressing and all this chasing and all this running, but if it if it means that every week you're going to have to bring you know Murphy on or whatever um, as, as as a matter of course, might be something that we need to think about. Isn't it only, um, you know, less than 10, 11 months ago that we were all asking for a team that tried, mate? Though. I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. But you know, take Miggy, take Miggy Elmer on. Um, you can try too hard sometimes, can't you? Um, you know. So yeah, I agree, Steve. I mean, the endeavours there, it's fantastic. But I guess the point I'm making is, if it means that you're going to have five or six players every match, absolutely running themselves into the ground, 
where do we go with that? At the moment, you know, the ideal, if we were Manchester City, we've got the bench. It doesn't matter. You know, Miggy can run himself into the floor after after half an hour um, if it means we can bring Mares on or Foden on or, you know, but we're nowhere near that yet. So, I don't know. Uh, is there a happy medium somewhere? Because um, the quality of the bench, I think it's very evident and very uh, uh, apparent. Um, you're, getting, you're getting a bit stick in the chat, mate. People saying you're being negative. What, Anthony Amos says it's how we play. Your four-three-three high press. We're only six games in. What um, they had an extra day's recovery, Joe, as Liverpool had. Palace had an extra day off. Wood never gets any service, Dave. I'll agree with you. But yeah, I mean, look, it's it is all about opinions, Joe. Um, I, I just think, you know, my opinion is that I just feel that we're, you know, we're expecting too much too soon at times. I think it, we can all get carried away. I think we have to keep our feet on the ground. And, you know, I, I'm delighted with the start we've had. I think my 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 highlight is those three clean sheets. I think as a defensive unit, Joe, and, and this, this is something which I didn't expect under Eddie Howe, we look solid, mate. And you know what? When, when we are in these positions where we haven't got our number nine, we haven't got our creative midfielders yeah. and we have to go into games like Liverpool away, Man City at home and Crystal Palace at home because they aren't a bad team, Palace, as I said right at the top of the programme. You know what? We know we're going to give them a good game and we might not concede a goal and if we don't concede a goal, there's always a chance of nicking one. So I, I think you're, you you like to do it the other way. For me, and I don't know whether it's because I'm a bit old, I'm 50 these days, I, I've turned into my dad. I think I'm maybe still a bit more. I've always been a little bit more optimistic. Do you know what I mean? Rather than a glass half half full. I don't know. It's all about opinions, Joe. That's what makes it exciting. It is. It, yeah, absolutely, mate. And that, that's the beauty of the game, isn't it? Otherwise, we'll bring VAR and, and one of us will have to shut up. Um, we, yeah, VAR for a dis- no. Well, I'm not yeah, sure all the angles, Joe. It is, but I, I don't think anyone. I, I don't think anyone can 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 suggest that that we looked extremely tired and we looked extremely leggy. Um, and if yeah. that's the difference in having one more day off, um, we've got work to do. Yeah, yeah, I would agree, mate. I would agree. Okay, let's um, put out the uh, shout out to our sponsors. As always, big thank you to skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 2545 253. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors. You can find them at 304 Old Durham Road, Gateshead, and telephone 0191 478 or website darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks to Mr. Vicky Sources, Handmade in Cumbria. You can find the information at mrvickys.co.uk or 01768 210102. Thanks to Away Day Clothing and to Media Arts, Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you want to subscribe, hit the NUFC Matters logo in the bottom right-hand corner. You can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share to your social media, and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans or to pose as a question. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and the rest usually goes up. 24 hours after the YouTube show has finished. And if you want to help us, click join underneath and you can make a small donation. 
or you can drop into the super chat and make one there. Or if you want to become a cult member, then uh, go to nufcmatters.com, click membership, and you pay a £25 one-off fee to get a cup, a pen, a scarf, a membership card, and entry into the monthly draw. Also got a QR code there if you've got a smartphone, uh, which will take you straight there. If you're a subscriber, we'll give you something for an out. Uh, click uh, nufcmatters.com and email John uh, at the website, and he will post you one out. Uh, don't forget as well, we do support the food bank on here, NUFC fans. Foodbank.co.uk is the website where you can make a virtual donation. Uh, Joe, uh, a little update from him as well on the score predictor because he wasn't here Friday. Uh, just a reminder that the winner overall season winner gets £500 plus a T-shirt and a trophy. Uh, the runner-up gets £100 plus a T-shirt. The monthly winner uh, gets £20 and a T-shirt. And just a little uh, thing for all of you who are cult members, uh, it may not have escaped your attention that next month it is one year since the takeover took place. So we have hired the room at the Irish Centre, Friday, October the 7th, the anniversary of the takeover itself. And uh, you cult members out there, all, I'm not sure there's 130 or 40 of you now, uh, you can all come for free. We're all going to have a bit of a shindig, a bit of a get-together, uh, if you want to come along uh, to the event, uh, you can buy your tickets, uh, £2 on or £2 on the door. All proceeds go into the food bank from the tickets that we sell. NUFCmatters.com, uh, click on there. The event will be easy to find, and it's £2 for you to come along. But uh, I'm sure there'll be a few of the guys there, myself, Steve Hasty, uh, Keith, hopefully Joe and his dad, and uh, John from QTEC, etc., all having a bit of a get-together to celebrate uh, the takeover. And don't forget... As a rather snazzy-looking shirt on my uh, Twitter account. Thanks to Gemma Summers for donating this. Uh, she did wear it at a match and uh, got uh, some right looks, apparently. But uh, she's donated it now uh, to the food bank. Go onto my Twitter, at Steve Wraith. Place a bid underneath the picture, and uh, you will be able to uh, donate some more money to the food bank that way. We're going to bring in another caller, and it's good evening to Dunnell. How are you, mate? Good, mo good evening. How are we? Good to see you, mate. I've recovered from uh, I've recovered from VAR over the weekend. It sounds like Joe's still in a bit of a downer from it, like. But uh, what what's your view over the weekend, mate? And what happened at the weekend? Well, mistakes happen. You know, at the end of the day, officials are human. Mistakes happen. But however many four or five games on the trot, same thing happening. That's not a mistake. That it, that <laughs> stinks. Smells is what I'll say on that score. But one thing about Saturday's VAR decision, just taking another example from one of our games last season, against Norwich, when we got that penalty, how long it took to... It, it went through more angles than a protractor in a geometry set and um, before it finally came up with a decision. Yet Saturday, squinted at the monitor, oh, it, 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 he had two choices, A, a goal, or B... A penalty. He went for option C. Obviously, neither. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, it's. Uh, I'm a firm believer that it's not the technology that's the problem; it's the numpties that operate it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he's right, Joe? Hundred and ten percent. Absolutely agree with you, Donald. Um, the, the the tech. If you think about it, the technology is actually quite brilliant. Um, you know, for what it can do and, and the calls that it can make. But as I say, you know, if you've got people who are unable or unwilling or whatever the excuse was for not 
not looking at it from the other side. Yeah. Um, and that would have told me everything I needed to know. Yeah. NASA could have built it. it it's useless. It's pointless. Yeah. And another thing I was going to say is, you know, you know this uh, thing that it's meant to pick up on something that's clear and obvious. Yeah. Now, going back to our game against Liverpool, surely the Isak second goal was not clear and it certainly wasn't obvious, was it? So, you know, the decision should have been goal stands. Can't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. So, you know, I just... What's, what's your views on what Joe was saying earlier on? I mean, look, you know, every fan seems to be different. I picked it up in the bar over the weekend. You know, we've all got different opinions on different players, Dunno. We've all got we've all got opinions on how we feel yeah. the first six games have gone. Take away VAR. Um, yeah. Look at the way Newcastle are playing. Look at the players we managed to bring in. Are you happy? Rome wasn't built in a day. We need... A major overhaul is needed of the squad, and that's not going to happen in one transfer window. But what we have brought in is quality compared to, you know, the bargain bin base bargain bin bargains that we got under Ashley and all that. But it's going to take, you know, two maybe three more transfer windows because it's not just the first eleven. We have to concentrate on making sure we've got a good pool of players at our disposal and that's going to take time i mean so far so good don't don't get us wrong i mean we obviously in in this window we bought all good teams are built from the back and that's what he's done he's bought in botman and uh we needed a center forward got got isak in isak's young you know and that time on his side he, he can only he can only get better i upward trajectory on his learning curve not downwards you know i mean it's one th- i mean i mean we all like to say oh we'd like this big name that big name but i always say big name signings are like um hollywood blockbuster films they're either going to be a hit or they're going to be a total another flop so for every gladiator you're going to get an alexander <laughs> <laughs> any other points to make Donald? any other points basically what we've got, one thing I've picked up on in our game now, nobody scares us anymore. When we go out there, we, we were our defence, under the previous regime, I'll not mention the name because it, but under the previous regime, the defence was like pop roof, you know, goals allowed. But what you call, <laughs> but now the defence is like, you know, come and have a go if you think you're good enough. And, and the defence keep their shape. And nobody dives in willy-nilly. They stay big, stay strong, and that's good to see as well. Yeah, we do miss the quality. I understand that. I mean, Mr. You know, uh, Bruno. I mean, Bruno is quality mm. fine. You know, somebody who can pick a pass and that. You know, he was he, that quality was missed on Saturday, sadly. But you know, he was injured. So what? But uh, hey ho. I think it's going to be an interesting season. And I think once we've got yeah. our key players on the pitch together, i.e. Isaac, yeah. Bruno, ASM, yeah. and potentially Callum Wilson. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, a lot yeah. of people oh, feel yeah. as no, if no. a lot of people feel as if he'll play one or the other, but Eddie Howe did come out in his press conference and say he would play, you know, 
probably both of them together at some point. So imagine all four of them on the pitch together. Um, those other teams are going to have a hell of a lot to worry about, aren't they? Yeah, and St. Maximan now I've noticed he's um, Eddie's got through to him in the sense that he's starting to link play up more. He's not trying to take on the whole opposition back four and score. He's head up looking, and qual- that's what quality players do. They look head up, see see what's out there, see what the options are in front, and he's starting to do that. That. He can only get better from that. So that's what a good thing to see. I mean, against Man City, he was unplayable. Let's face it. He was like, you know, Kyle Walker didn't know what hit him. Kyle Walker thought, oh, you know, I'll be all right. But, you know. Yeah. No, I would agree, mate. I would agree. Great stuff, Donald. Well, thanks for coming on, as always, mate. Yeah. And uh, hopefully see you at the uh, the takeover party. We'll be... Uh... Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be along there. And I'll make sure... Uh, and uh, hopefully win a win a couple of raffle prizes and all. I'll sit Tom. on Kenny Ranson's. I'll sit on Kenny Ranson's table. <laughs> Lucky Kenny. Great stuff. Kenny, yeah. yeah. Cheers, man. Yeah. Take See care, Donald. Well. Thanks yeah, for coming on, mate. Bye, bye. Great See to have Donald back on as well. Uh, as always, always good to put names to faces. I'm sure that's uh, a lot of you in the chat. Well, uh, will you know? Maybe he's not even remember when we did the uh, the, the live shows. Um, way back during lockdown, we had some right fun. That's where we. Got a lot of the, the characters who you see on this channel and nowadays all joined in. We did match day lives and stuff like that. Absolutely fantastic. Um, just going back to, to the Wilson debate, I saw somebody put something in. It was Barry Hogan there, uh, Joe, saying Steve Wilson will uh, Wilson will last three games and get injured again. Class player, but too fragile. And uh, Tommy from the gym, who I mentioned quite a, a few times on, on this podcast every now and then, when me and him put the, the worlds to right when we're both uh, on the treadmill. Um he, he does think that uh, we'll sell Wilson um, probably next season. He thinks that Wilson will be surplus to requirements and that, you know, that, that the owners will look at bringing in another world-class striker because, you know, Wilson's had one too many chances, you know, as far as injury concern. And we can't continually go into seasons hoping that he doesn't get injured in Rapman cotton wool. Is that an interesting point that he's made, do you think, Tommy? I, I, I think it is. I think it is, Stephen. And I think... I think for me that, you know, we, we talk about levels, aren't we? We're, we're constantly talking about levels and improving. And yes, Callum Wilson is a is, is a fantastic centre forward when he's firing and when he's fit. But like you say, if then, and for example, you know, we throw, um, you know, we sign Erling Haaland, you know, whatever. Um, you know, where does Callum Wilson go there? And yes, you know, you look at his age, although he's not an old man, um, but... But, you know, we seem like we're in the business now. If you think of Botman and Isaac and, you know, Bruno, you know, that kind of early to mid-20s range, you know, with with people who can either be there for 10 years or will sell them for, for 150 million, whatever. Um, long gone are the days of signing the Callum Wilsons of this, the, of this world, I, I guess, Steve. So, brilliant, yes. Um, goal scorer, absolutely. Reliable, not necessarily. Uh, the interesting bit now is going back to the conversation we were having about looking leggy and tired and all the rest of it. Wilson's got to come in, don't forget, and actually put another put another 10% shift in on top of what he already does because when he's looking round and he's thinking, will he pick uh, Chris Wood over me? Absolutely not. Will he pick Dwight Gale over me? Absolutely not. Um, you know, who else is there for competition? We haven't got one. Uh, we haven't got any. All of a sudden, now he's thinking, 
if I don't put a shift in here, you know, there's a £63 million international footballer sat looking at me um, who, who could take my space at any given moment. Um, so so I think there's pressure on Wilson, Steve, and with that pressure to perform, does that come with further hamstring tweaks? You know, does he go that extra yard? Um, or do we have the ability to say, let Isak do all the running for him now um, and Sam Maximin and, and, and Wilson can just stand on the on the penalty spot and do what he does. So it'll be an interesting one. But but yeah, you know, I don't get the sense that this lad will be happy kind of slipping down the ranks and sitting on the bench and, and uh, you know, ending up a little bit like Matt Ritchie and just becoming that kind of bit part who, who's struggling to get a, get a look in. Um, he'd do a marvellous job for somebody, of course. So, yeah, maybe, just maybe, he might be one of the ones out of the door. You know, we talk about John Joe Shelby, for example. Um, you know, if you look at people like Freddy Fernandez, they've gone. Uh, Martin Dubravka's gone. Nobody is untouchable anymore, um, you know, and of course we will be signing more forward players. That is an absolute given. Um, so the more we sign, the more we have to get rid of, and, and it might just be Wilson. Uh, does the club actually have sponsorship with a Turkish hair clinic called Dr. Cynic, or is that in a new FC Twitter post just to dig at the VAR mess? No, it's true. Uh, I've had a bit of stick over the last two home games. Some people going, uh, me and Keith Patterson should go for that. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, true. Dr. Cynic, uh, it's it's on the advertising boards. Kenny mentions the fact that Maxi won goal of the month. Thanks for that, Kenny. Yeah, Joe, I mean, it was a cracking goal at Worlds. I mean, the game itself wasn't one to write home about, but uh, what a finish that was. It should have went to VAR. He was offside. <laughs> Technique, mate. It's one of them, you know. It's one of them, you know. You kind of go. I bet he's doing that in training twenty times a day, just smashing them in from all over the place. To do it, you know, to do it in the Premier League, um, the technique was wonderful. He dropped his shoulder and he just put his laces through it. If they wear laces anymore, I don't think they do. Um, um, yeah, what a goal. Deservedly goal of the month, of course it was. Yeah, Schuller uh, used to do that in training as well, all the time, apparently. Uh, never really did it on the pitch, uh, from, from my perspective. Uh, Tom Dixon says he would like to see Wood alongside Isaac and when Wilson is back, do you think we might switch to a four-four-two formation with Wilson and yeah, Wilson and Isaac up front? Wilsack? Who the hell's that? Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's um, it's an interesting one because he did say that he would probably play the two together at some point. We um, we've been talking about that for a while, Steve, haven't we? Thinking about the Bournemouth thing, um, wondering about um, you know, kind of, kind of what we do with that forward line. Um, who are the best two central midfielders, you know, and, and all that. Four four two would kind of solve some of that. Um, but I think from our perspective, you know, Chris Wood, Chris Wood's strengths are not playing up front on his own, Steve. He's, you know, you and I are in his fan club. You and I kind of champion the guy. You know, we appreciate what he does and the job that he's done. But he'll be the first to admit him chasing the ball up against Van Dyke and God knows whoever else is, is kind of not playing to Chris Woods' strength. So does playing 4-4-2 all of a sudden automatically mean that you've got wingers, like proper wingers? And if you're playing with proper wingers, you play with target men. Um, and whether that's Isak with Wilson feeding off him or Wood with, with Wilson feeding off him and, and Isak on the right side or whatever, I don't know. But... It's never gone away, has it? We've played this kind of 4-3-3 thing now, um, you know, since Eddie Howe walked in. Um, and, and dare I say, Bruce before that as well. Um, so, 
I don't know. I, I would like us, again, without without being accused of being overly negative, but I'd like us to have a plan B, Steve, because all we do is we just substitute like for like. It's, it's all we do. Um, so would it be nice to say, do you know what? This is not working. We need to freshen it up. And and, and by doing that, we'll change the formation. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see it. I can. Why not? Why wouldn't we? We've got two great, you know, if we've got good goal scorers, you play them, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I suppose Isaac can play on the wing. Uh, you know, that is a possibility as well. Um, I think we do look for a pretty good at 4-3-3. Uh, to be honest, though, Mark, why change something that isn't broken at this moment in time? We just need to add goals to these games and, and we will be all right. And, you know, we did OK against Manchester City. We scored three goals, but we did have some of our uh, more attacking option players available. Eddie's shown a stubbornness to stick to the same formation. I doubt he'll change it unless injury dictates it, says Michael. Um, I would play... Uh, ESM, Isaac and Anderson on Sunday, says George. Uh, time we has Derby, uh, tease we had Derby tonight. Come on, the Borough, uh, says Kenny. Um, yeah, interesting post this as well from Atlas. He says, um, if, I was, uh, if I was the director on Saturday, he'd be getting the best, most conclusive angle instantly and repeatedly. And I'd not offer footage from angles that would harm Newcastle as I'm not impartial. So where am I going with this? A few rabbit holes to go down for an inquisitive guy working in the media like yourself, Steve. I wouldn't see I work in the media. Um, I did a podcast, um, but I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, it's an interesting one. Yeah, that debate will run and run and run and run and run, I'm afraid, um, you know, with, with VAR. And unless the powers that be get a grip on it, then um, I'm afraid we're going to be talking about it for a little bit longer on this show as well. But yeah, that's, that's, it's a good point. You put you put across well. I will forget about the Super 6. Questions have come in about it, Joe. Do you want to give us a little bit of a heads up as to where we are? I know John answered it in the chat, but just a reiteration that midweek games do count as well. Yeah, there's actually um, there's actually a midweek this week. Predictions need to be in by, I want to say, 6 o'clock on Tuesday. Um, they don't just concentrate on Premier League games. Uh, be, be, be mindful that, especially around the Champions League games, um, Sky will put out um, a, a Super 6 as well. So it's always worth just checking either on the homepage or on the app um, right at the top, it'll tell you when your next predictions have got to be in. There's definitely one this week. I think it's like Man City are in there, um, Celtic, Real Madrid's in there. You know, it, it just it just freshens it up a little bit. So just because there's no Premier League, um, it might be that, um, that, that, that there's something on there. And I want everybody, I've just seen a little comment there um, by my mate, Roger. Um, it is, I, I invite everybody to beat him because I can't be having him be a manager of the month. We'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> Dan says, there is no director. The ref tunnel visioned the collision with the keeper and ignored the push. Didn't look for one. That's it. Uh, Paolo says, uh, we're attached, too attached to some players that were good on a certain level. It'll be a question of time, some transfer windows, until we have to replace them. Wilson is one of them. Yeah, no, I think it's Stu Penman and Mitch who've said it on many occasions on the shows, no room for sentiment in football, and, and that's very, very true. Michael says, the one criticism you can have with Eddie is that we've not seen that plan B. Elliot should have been on a lot earlier on Saturday, for example. See, yeah, look, nobody's beyond criticism. I, I thought, I think... If Howe looks back at some of those games, the, the Liverpool game and the Wolves game, I think he would probably do his substitutions differently. I'd I, I think he got his subs wrong, but I'm not getting paid to do the job. I can have an opinion about it, but I'm not getting paid. And Eddie Howe is. And um, 
the end of the day, we came back from Wolves with a point. We almost came back from Liverpool with a point, and we got a point against Crystal Palace when we probably would have lost that last season. So I'm more positive than than most. I think um, that's you know just the way it is. Uh, look, it's it's an easy thing to rectify. Show all the camera angles when looking at the monitor by red. Then it's the decision that counts. Says Kevin, getting back to the VAR. Colin says he loves Eddie's style of play. It is fantastic to watch. And I've got to say, yeah, it's, it is. And like I said right back at the start, um, from my perspective, you know, we only wanted a team that would try. That's what that was one of those things we kept saying. Now we've got it, haven't we, Joe? We've got a team that tries and runs itself yeah. into the ground and is fitter. I um, you know, and I, to, to be clear from my perspective, Steve, I I, I think personally, I, I think it works, and I think it works. Uh, you know, we found a space. Joe Linton, greatest player on earth. Um, uh, you know, when we've got our team out, it's like I said earlier. When we've got our team out, we'll be able to judge. I do just think, though, there's a small part of me that thinks every single week what we do is we say, right, it's 70 minutes now, watch, Maxie will come off and Fraser will go on and then Joe Willock will come off and Murphy will go on or, or Miggy. You know, we do the same thing all the time. And yes, if it's effective, if we're winning games, fantastic. And maybe, just maybe, they're happy with a point. It's better than no points, you know, absolutely. Um, but sometimes you just need summit and and you know if it's not the formation it's certainly then the players and i think that will then come as we said with the transfer window steve so um we're certainly not going to get carried away over it uh but it'd be nice because because the other thing as well don't forget is um we stick to one way of playing we don't do anything different that's fine from newcastle's perspective but if i was an opposition manager would be pretty easy to suss out, wouldn't we? Um, you know, without just having that little bit of summit else. So we'll see. We'll see. Life goal says, do you prefer Elliot Anderson or Harvey Elliott, Joe? Well, Elliot Anderson, of course. Do you prefer do you prefer Alexander Isaac or Isaac Hayden? Oh, Isaac Hayden, all day long. And Matt Ritchie or Stephen Hawkins. <laughs> Stephen Hawkins. <laughs> Richard <laughs> Trying to trick you there, making sure you're paying attention. Um, I'm not life goals. Uh, I think you know the answer. The the third one for me, definitely Matt Ritchie. Uh, hindsight is a wonderful thing, says Dan. Um, and I wish people would stop asking why I'm bottom of the uh, league, mate. I'm locked out of my account. That is why I've never competed. I did one set of predictions, and I'm actually blocked from the account, and I can't get in it. I've given in. Bringing on Murphy and Wood is going to make the team weaker, but the players are tired. Need to bring on somebody. I'm sure he would rather um, would rather be bringing on Mbappe here. Uh, Kenny says uh, there was 12 minutes between Palace subs and NUFC subs. We were run ragged by mm. the fresh legs until we made our changes. I wasn't saying that the yeah. time that he brought them on was wrong. I, I just think some of the predictions, um, some of the substitutions he made were wrong. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Dave reckons as well. Uh, do you think uh, Big Joe has a chance for the Brazil squad? Says Jack. Absolutely. That play him in goal up front, all over the place. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, he's got as good a chance as any. Do you know what I mean? Well, I tell you what, Steve, in, in, in all seriousness, in terms of that kind of, um, what do we call him now? Like midfield destroyer, if you like, you know, they must have some bloody good players in the centre of that midfield. Um, I know Bruno and Paqueta tend to get a shout, but. Yeah, it'd be nice to think that you could have a national team and don't play the likes of Joe Linton with the form that he's been in, in that position. So he's got to go for me. Life goal says, would you fellas keep Botman ahead of Byrne and would you move Byrne to left back? 
and play three centre-backs with Trippier and Tog as wing-backs. Bruno and Joe Linton in the middle, ASM number 10 and Isaac and Wilson up top. That looks a little bit like life goals. That looks a little bit like my championship manager formation. So, yeah, absolutely, we'll win out. Um, would Botman, yes, absolutely. Um, I, will com- I will confidently say, Steve, I will confidently say that I think Sven Botman will probably be the best centre-half we've ever had in years to come. Um, yeah, I would. I think Dan Byrne is extremely effective, but... Um, he hasn't got the engine on him as he like my target as you know in terms of that bit of quality if you're going to play them all you're going to have to play three at the back um but 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 yeah um and as for the rest of the squad yeah look pretty good i think at the start of the season the games are coming thick and fast and you know a lot of midweek fixtures as well you know the league cup but progressing that there's an extra game there an extra game there you know, ultimately for me, rotation's the key. And with Matty Target obviously haven't been out injured, it's made it slightly easier for him because he's been able to bring Dan Byrne in there, who is quite comfortable playing at left back. So I I think football's changing a lot. Whereas in the past you would be going four four two and you know you would be sticking the same team out time and time again unless form dipped or someone got injured. I think it's squad rotations and you know changing things around are, are all part and parcel of it now. And the fact that there's more substitutions allowed does make it a bit easier to keep people happy, I think. So, you know, I'm not sure. I think Botman will will grow in confidence. I think there's been times where he's looked a little bit, you know, a little bit out of of kilter because he's just getting used to the league. Um, but he's world class. There's there's no doubt about it. He, he's going to be a he's going to be a world class centre half him. Uh, but yeah. I loved I love Dan Byrne he, and Kevin Smith. You're right. He's got no pace. It's a it, it's a shame, Steve, isn't it? Because if you think about think about the season he had, um, you know, and and the performances he's put in since we bought him. Uh, you know, uh, I'll be honest. He surprised the life out of me. I didn't. I didn't see a massive amount of him. But you're thinking, hmm, I'm not sure about that. Do you know what the guy's been colossal? Um, um, you know, but like I say, go back to it again. We're talking about levels, aren't we? Um, so, so yeah, it is. It's a shame. But you mentioned it earlier. It's a brutal game. Sometimes it's a brutal sport. Um, but isn't it quite nice? Isn't it really, really nice that we've we we can have this discussion and we can think about we've got options all of a sudden? Dare I say it? Even Jamal Lascelles looks reasonably decent. I thought he was excellent against Liverpool. Um, so it's nice, and maybe just maybe the defence isn't the thing that we need to worry about for a while. I wish we had these problems up front. Yeah, I'm not going to criticise Dan Byrne. I think the kid's class, and I think he's got a big future at Newcastle. And I think both of them can play together. Steve Howie said it at a talk, and I did with him at the Surf Cafe last Thursday. And Steve Howie played, you know, over, what, 12, 13 years for Newcastle United. I trust his opinion. And he says two left-footers can play with each other, as just as two right-footers can play with each other, you know. And it might be, you know, Steve, it wouldn't have been up for debate, would it? But don't forget, in the middle of all that as well, Fabian Shah has been absolutely outstanding. You can't drop him either. You know, I think it's just unfortunate that it's been Dan Byrne. Um, yeah, yeah. Fabian Sheck, Fabian Sheck, can play midfield, of course, as well yeah. if needed. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's something he could have done at the weekend. He could have stuck yeah. him in the centre midfield. I think he would have yeah. certainly given us a bit more creativity and would have had their back. You know, had their players on the back foot. But Eddie Howe, great stuff. You know, he's, he's he's had a great start. Six games, six games in a row. You know, the only defeat to Liverpool and a narrow one at that. 
Um, I'm happy with the way things have gone, and I think um, most people are as well. Uh, the next batch of games, there's a few three pointers in there for us to, to to get you know to get some some yeah. points in the bag. Thanks to everybody who watched. Uh, thanks to all the uh, the people in the uh, the chat as well. Thanks for those of you who jumped on um, as well. It's always good to have people on and get their uh, get their different opinions. I'm back at the slightly earlier time tomorrow night, the five o'clock with Ross Gregory, and uh, don't forget Wednesday night. Uh, it will be Jordy's here, Jordy's there. The full squad are available on Wednesday, Thursday, Superman Gibble, Friday, uh, the three amigos. And happy birthday to this man, Liam O'Brien. Um, what a what a goal that was down at Roger Park. I was there to see that. And uh, yeah, big happy birthday to him. I'm sure he'll be having a couple of uh, pints of Guinness to celebrate. And John saying, uh, Sky locked Steve out after he predicted NUFC 10 and Richie to score all 10 goals. Thanks, John. Dear God. I'm never going to live this down being locked out. Uh, Michael, too much noise around my house or I would have jumped on. It's bank holiday here in Canada. Michael, next Monday, jump on. Look forward to hearing from you. Joe, as always, a pleasure, mate. See you next uh, See you next week. Take care, Paul. Take care, guys. See ya.